Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. My name is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Zeiser, and I'm also an editor at Light Reading. I'm Mike Frame. I'm the Vice President of Product Management at Windstream Enterprise. Mike, welcome back to the podcast. This is your second time, I think. Well, thank you very much. I love what you've done with the drapes. It looks fantastic <laughs> in here. Hey, uh, that's a lot we- more light in. Yeah, we blew the budget, but yeah, that's right. Pandemic decorating—it's—it it all goes together. <laughs> um, yeah, th- no, thanks for coming back. We uh, we uh, are eager to talk to you about uh, you know what you're expect since you know since we're already uh, heading into the new year. I want to talk to you about what you're expecting um, in uh, in Windstream's business, but you know more importantly the part of the business that you deal with. So in the uh, you know in the in the uh, delivering technology to enterprise customers. Um, so what, uh, what would you say are some of the, let's start with some of the top trends you're, you're, uh, expecting to, uh, have, uh, you know, be part of your, uh, working life this year. Uh, that's a great question. You know, and I would say that as we look at 2022, um, you know, we, I think 2022 is going to be a continuation of the, uh, uh, a lot of what we saw in 2021, uh, for those of you who, who weren't aware, there's this uh, uh, vulnerability that was identified at the uh, in the December timeframe. Uh, right. So uh, we spent a lot of our time um, uh, working on that and, and protecting our customers against um, some of those exploits. And so, you know, cybersecurity is going to stay in the spotlight. Um, mm. You know, we've seen a huge uptick in uh, cybersecurity events and, you know, uh, we're going to continue to see that in 2022 and beyond. I don't know if it's people are at home and they get bored more frequently now. So they're like, <laughs> what can I do? I should call my buddies, uh, see if we can do something. But, um, you know, the, the cybersecurity is going to maintain uh, top of mind. And, you know, so when it comes to the, the Windstream Enterprise uh, strategy, we're going to be tackling that head on for our customers. Uh, there's going to be some, some announcements later this year about how we're evolving our portfolio uh, from both a technology and a management uh, capability perspective, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Uh, the the other uh, one of the other facets I think we're going to see in 2022 is uh, again a continuation of last year, and and it's going to be really uh, companies embracing the digital first distributed enterprise. Um, you know, it, most of our most of our customers and and a lot of our uh, the companies we talk to. Are, have realized that you know a distributed enterprise is is no longer just giving everyone laptops because this is going to blow over in, in a month or so. You know, right. go work from home, have fun. Um, you know, it's it's something that really needs to uh, be embedded in in their enterprise, right? And it's it's not just tools and techniques, you know, which, which is something that that Windstream can, Windstream Enterprise can bring to bear from a um, unified uh, unified communications and collaboration and networking perspective, uh, but it, it really needs to get embedded in the company's culture and right? in the enterprise's culture. And you know, and we're we're embracing that here at, at uh, Windstream Enterprise, and we're we're rolling out programs and we're rolling out initiatives to to try and bring the the organization together in a in a very remote environment. Uh, because I think we all miss, you know, getting together, sitting around the same table, um, having those conversations. So, um, you know, we we realize we're not going back there anytime soon at, in any type of scale. So, you know, trying to embrace the uh, distributed enterprise and the culture is is critically important. Um, and then I'd say, 
those two things kind of coming together, right? The, the cybersecurity situation and the, the digital first and distributed enterprise um, is going to have a lot of our customers uh, evaluating their network and their security. Uh, and I think this year is going to be uh, the year of learning a lot of new acronyms, frankly. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, you know, whether I don't the. want to take a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> there'll be a pop quiz at the end. Exactly. Oh, no. You know, whether it's it's the secure access service edge, SASE, the zero trust perimeter, ZTP, software defined perimeter, SDP, ZTE, SSE, secure service edge. Uh, you know, all of these are 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 pointing to the same kind of two areas in 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 our in our business, right? It's the it's the convergence of networking with security. And you know, there's gonna be a lot of education that happens this year. Um, companies exploring and, and trying to understand uh, not only what they have today, uh, which I think a lot of companies, by the way, have gotten a lot better at since they had to go remote. Uh, they've, yeah. they've done a lot of internal uh, internal soul searching into their, their networks and their security capabilities, uh, but then understanding and trying to navigate the, the alphabet soup of all these uh, acronyms, right? To understand how they can apply in, in their situation, which ones they need, which ones are frankly the same thing, just called something different depending <laughs> on who's selling it. Right. Um, and so I think there's gonna be a lot of education in, in, that, uh, in that realm this year. This is where I think service providers really stand out is that you, you know, like you said, networking, security, connectivity, and then communications all from the same provider. But then like, you know, like you were saying, the, the technology world obviously is, is always moving forward, but they're always also, you know, trying to sell stuff. You know, they, they want to, they want to continue to push upgrades and get you to buy this box or that box or, or whatever. And to get it, to get a service provider to kind of not only um, simplify it for you, but also just say, here are the essentials. <laughs> here are the things you, you, you definitely need to, you know, to have for your, your workforce. I, I think that should have enterprises breathing a sigh of relief right now, because I'm sure this is, you know, especially if you didn't design your business to be remote, this is quite a challenging time. Um, because you know, now probably by now they're coming to a realization of, well, this is just the way it is. It's not, um, it's not like, Oh, everybody's, going to get their third shot and we're all going to go back to the office. It's like, no, actually leases ran out. Buildings mm -hmm. were sold. Resources were redeployed. Company doesn't look the way it used to. And by the way, talent is everywhere. So, mm -hmm. you know, you might have to re really adjust your thinking. I didn't actually have a question there. I was just talking, wasn't I? So sorry about that. Um, I need to be a better podcaster. I'll try, I'll try that out in 2020. <laughs> Um, Kelsey, you got anything? <laughs> I do. Yes. Something, something with a question mark at the end, maybe. <laughs> uh, Mike, you kind of, you hinted at the, um, log4j vulnerability earlier. What are some of the, um, cybersecurity threats, uh, that your enterprise customers need to be on the lookout most for this year? I mean, last year we heard, uh, it, it sounded like there was an uptick in ransomware, not only, you know, the amount increasing, but the damage that can be done there went up and then malware and phishing is always an issue and credentials. We could go on and on. What are some of the things keeping you and, up at night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely go on and on and, and, you know, 
I think that that's what's going to happen in, in that realm, right? It's going, it's going to be, you know, we're going to see an increase in the, the ransomware attacks. We're going to see an increase in malware. We're going to see an increase in, um, in, uh, in exploits. And, um, you know, I, and, and that's why it's, it's so important for Winstrom Enterprise um, to enhance the, the great security services that we have today uh, and bring you know new technologies to bear as our as our customers are are uh, you know distributing their workforce or changing uh, how they work right moving a lot more to the cloud a lot faster than they had originally anticipated right most of our customers had had cloud migration strategies that were you know that were given the premium uh, at the pump uh, a couple of years ago and and now they've they've evolved maybe how their network operates but they haven't evolved how their security posture operates in the in the new network. Um, you know, so that's you know that's what they need to watch out for from uh, from from a, a security and vulnerability perspective, right? Make make sure that your security is evolving as fast as your business model and as your network. Um, and you know, the you know one of the important trends is going to be you know the the move from uh, the previous model where, you know, security was a place you could point to security and say, that's my security right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, now security is everywhere, right? It, it's right. on, it's on your, your, the, the laptops you send to your employees' homes. It's on their personal devices. It's still in your data centers and in, in, in your core network. Uh, but it's also now in the, in the cloud and, 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 in, uh, you know, other systems connected to the cloud. So security is everywhere. And, and you have to, it's it's hard to, to think through that, right? Because for so long, right, we we thought of a business as a castle, right? My enterprise is a castle. I'm gonna put really thick walls out there. I'm gonna get some balustas on the on the towers and some catapults. And yes, I played Dungeons and Dragons as a kid. Um, but, <laughs> I knew it. But that's no longer the case, right? Now, you know, you you have a much smaller um, what we call core piece of infrastructure, and and you have all these satellites out there that that also have to be protected. So, it's it's a new way of thinking about uh, how you protect your organization, how you protect your employees, and and how you protect your intellectual property. Okay. Yeah, it's a um, pretty interesting point too around the the you know kind of that cultural uh awareness of security because it yeah security used to be very technology driven so it was kind of like a choke point in the network it was like okay everything flows through this point and then we'll add security and then it'll flow to whatever user and whatever thing and like you say yeah, a, a super distributed enterprise not, not just distributed but also you know just our jobs in general since as we are becoming more um, you know, digital first and and media is more important in in everyone's communication. They're using different tools uh, all the time. So all of those things have to be secure. It's not just a guy with a laptop anymore. It's like, you know, you're definitely going to be using laptop, smartphone, and, you know, that's going to have video, audio capabilities, and who knows what else. Tablets. And, you know, and it's important that the, that the, the organizations evolve their um, evolve their analysis fast enough to keep up keep pace with this, right? We were we were talking about the fact that this is the second time we've tried to record this podcast because you know the 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 platform that was originally used yeah. uh, got locked down, right? Yeah. And so um, you know we we need to you know from from a from a uh, organization perspective, enterprise perspective, we we need to keep up. It's it's not like we'll allow this one application now. Right. And that's going to be the conferencing system. No, it's you have to continually be evaluating the the market and have a way to be able to act 
in a very agile and nimble manner uh, mm -hmm. to meet the needs of your of your uh, employee base, which to your point, it could be on an iPhone, it could be on yeah. an Android, it could be on a tablet, it could be anywhere now. Well, in the podcast platform we were we were uh, attempting to use, not surprising that it gets locked down because it, it wasn't even here a couple of years ago. You know, <laughs> it's like that's how fast the technology was sort of, you know, was was moving from that side. This exactly. this whole medium of podcasting has evolved quite a bit uh, in the last few months because now we can do, you know, get relatively high quality audio and video remotely, whereas before we would have almost insisted that, you know, we meet in an office or a studio somewhere or something like that. So that's definitely uh, an improvement. Um, along with this, what do you, you know, uh, maybe this is, I mean, this is probably something Kelsey wants to talk about, but it's, it, you know, just about uh, SD-WAN, you know, being kind of the, it, it was sort of the the hot thing a couple of years ago. And I assume that a lot of that got deployed with the thought of, um, connecting remote workers and remote branches to, you know, to uh, main offices, main buildings, and that sort of thing. What do you expect to see happening in SD WAN as it evolves in 2022? So you're you're absolutely right. You know, SD WAN for the last five years has been a rocket ship. Um, we've been we've been very fortunate to take a, a market leadership position with SD WAN, and and we saw a lot of our customers two years ago. Um, accelerate their SD-WAN deployments, uh, either, either those customers who were already deploying it or those customers who were a bit on the, on the fence because they realized that it was going to give them the agility and the, and the reliability that they needed as their enterprise changed. And, and you know, boy, howdy, did they, right? Um, so we've, we've actually seen um, higher than market growth um, over the over the last two years in our SD-WAN uh, service, and and a lot of that is uh, also coupled with the remote access, right? So you know, to our point earlier, you know, customers or enterprises need a way to connect their end users to uh, to their core network. SD-WAN enables that core network, and and you know, remote access in the cloud like we provide means that they don't have that choke point that we talked about with the single security appliance in the data center someplace. Um, so it, it was. It really enabled a, a highly scalable, highly agile uh, network transformation, uh, and we've seen. You know, a, lo a lot of our customers have have leveraged that for uh, some cost savings, which you know we we really weren't seeing before. Um, you know, it was really uh, prior to the uh, to to in the before times, I'll call it. Uh, in the before times, you know, we we really saw customers spending about the same and maybe even a little bit more when they moved from MPLS to SD-WAN. Mm -hmm. uh, but now, because they don't have as many people in the offices, right? Now we do see more cost savings as they move from those legacy technologies to um, to the SD-WAN technologies. But they're also still bringing in more remote access, more security, right? Or leveraging the cloud-based security that that Windstream Enterprise provides today. Um, to make their organizations more connected and more secure at the same time. And, and you know, we expect to see that same level of growth uh, or even more this year with SD-WAN. Yeah, you brought up a good point about the, the, the changing nature of SD-WAN because when it was first coming out, there was sort of this discussion of like, well, okay, keep, you know, MPLS for certain things and then move over to SD-WAN for these other, you know, kind of newer applications that I, I assume that since the pandemic you know, has happened and things have gone, you know, and the, the workforce has become more distributed, that, that 
that's tilted the scales further away from MPLS. Am I, am I right in that assumption or? No, you're, you're correct in that assumption. Um, you know, I, um, I was one of the, I was one of the people who kept saying, you know, MPLS is still here. MPLS is still here. Every time people said, you know, MPLS is going away. Uh, but you're absolutely right in that, you know, the, the shift to the remote workforce now really deprecated the need for those, uh, for those MPLS circuits because you didn't have you didn't have the people in the offices anymore, right? right. Yeah. Um, so, you, but you still need the connectivity, right? Mm. But you didn't need the you know the 500 meg or 100 meg MPLS connectivity. You could get you could get through what you needed to do with a you know 100 meg 100 meg Ethernet and and a broadband or or you know broadband and a cellular connection. So we're we're seeing a lot more of that. We are you know to your point, Phil. We're absolutely seeing a, a, an acceleration of customers who are just going to internet only. Whereas previous in the before times, um, we still saw a large percentage of our customers keeping MPLS. But but we are seeing an, an increase in customers uh, making that that full jump. I'll call it right. uh, not the half step, but the full jump. Interesting. And it, it seems like SD-WAN has kind of gotten absorbed a bit under the um, SASE umbrella, the secure access service edge, which now I'm hearing some are throwing around just uh, SSE, like getting rid of the A. And I'm like, great. Exactly. That was, <laughs> that was part of the, uh, yeah, that was part of the alphabet soup I was talking about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you feel like, I guess, kind of where are we um, in, in that journey on sassy it, it seems like everyone is um you know saying oh we were the first to do it or we have a complete solution but um it, it does seem like it's uh been maybe a, a little bit of a struggle to get to a full um solution that really does bring together all those networking and security services so where do you feel like we're kind of at on that sassy pendulum so i think that we are we still think very highly of SAS, the SASE framework is what, what we call it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and we call it the framework because, you know, SASE by the strict definition of SASE isn't, isn't going to work for everyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at, you know, the, there are stats of, you know, 40% adoption in the next four years, 50% adoption in the next five years. But that still tells you that there's 60% that aren't going to adopt it or 50% that aren't going to adopt it. So, um, and if you look at the strict definition of, of SASE, um, I, I can understand why it doesn't apply to every enterprise, but the framework of SASE, right? Connecting your locations and your employees securely together, having some sort of um, security measures between your locations and, and uh, sorry, within your network, between your locations and between your network itself and the external world that the the internet and, and the cloud services and and being being able to understand the the data that's going from your network to the cloud and what what network, what what data you have uh in the cloud today is is critically important and it's it's, it's part of that framework right now does everything have to be hosted in the cloud does it all have to be cloud native does it all have to be built from the ground up in the cloud does it off be from one single vendor? Probably not, right? Because um, I think even even when you look under the hood, you know you're you're going to see you know you'll we'll, we'll hear that um, you know to your point, Kelsey, right? They they say that they have everything and and they do it all themselves. You look under the hood, no, they're bringing this piece in from this company and this mm -hmm. other piece from this other company, and and you know it's it's something that the service provider community has done really really well. Windstream Enterprise is better than all, but besides that. 
um, is is bringing in the pieces to fit the fit the needs of the customer, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think that you know, regardless of what you call it, uh, you know, it should be called a framework and and not the the companies I think that gets that get really hung up on the pure definition of it are gonna are gonna find themselves wanting in in a number of different areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. And, um, I think that's, um, probably something that's been, you know, evidenced in, um, just the SD-WAN journey as well is, is having a lot of those, um, partnerships. And it seems like the companies that were successful were the ones that, um, didn't necessarily reinvent the wheel and come up with their own security, but they partnered with, you know, Zscaler or Palo Alto, um, for that component. So, um, now they're, now yeah. they're all going to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if right. there's one thing that I know is that all the technology vendors out there are going to have their own stack. And, mm-hmm. and that's great. Right. Because that gives you, you know, guarantee or virtually guaranteed interoperability, um, you know, the, and the promise of SASE, which is one of the things that I like the, the most is, you know, you, you have a single single orchestration platform, a, a single set of business policies, and then those get right. distributed out. Um, and, and, and that's, that's truly powerful in, in the hands of, uh, of, of an organization or a service provider. Um, but, you know, but whether they own all of it themselves and have developed it all from the ground up, or if it's, you know, some type of, of, of collaboration effort that they have with others, I think it's really going to depend upon, as it always does, the needs of the enterprise, right? Um, because typically speaking, you know, for example, I've got um, I've got a really great Swiss Army knife, right? Do I bust that out every time I want to open a bottle of wine? <laughs> I do not. I do not break that up. Unless you're camping, <laughs> right? <laughs> Unless I'm camping, I don't have another option, right? But but there there are other options, um, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I think you know you know Sassy is 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 a is a fantastic framework uh, for um, it, it's it's what Windstream is working, Windstream Enterprise is working in. Uh, as we bring new uh, services and and uh, capabilities to market, and it's it's definitely going to lend well to an organization to look at it uh, as a framework for those the different components of it. We are getting close to the end of the working day on the East Coast, and since you mentioned a bottle of wine, I think this is a good place to leave it. Um, <laughs> Mike, uh, we'll we will have you on uh, in a in a. A shorter interval, hopefully not so long between uh, podcast appearances next time. But thank you so much for your uh, time and insights today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Mike.